Um, I want to talk about faith as a life. You know, it's a popular saying amongst the Pentecostals and the so-called charismatic that you cannot receive anything from the Lord without faith. That is a lie. You can't find that in the Bible. You don't receive anything on the basis of it. Now look at what uh, James wrote. Maybe we should start from there. Because you won't say, well, we read from James chapter 1. Now let him ask in faith. Uh, uh, because he does not ask in faith. What do I mean now? Now, what James talks about is not exercising of faith. And even if you compare the way James explains faith, it's different from the way Apostle Paul presents it. Now, what James wrote in James chapter 1 is not a faith as an act of receiving. He's talking about your prayer life. Which he meant that when you begin to pray and in your prayer, your mind is not stable, you don't have focus. He said you won't receive anything. It's not talking about maybe a, you exercise faith and when you don't have faith, you can't receive from God. He said, there is no place in the Bible where the Bible says that we receive by faith. No, I don't receive anything by faith. I receive things because of my relationship with God. That must be clear. You know, the problem of preachers is that they do not know the difference between the, the use of faith in the Old Testament and the use of faith in the New Testament. And that is why when you start reading from the book of Acts and all through the epistles, you will observe that the way the apostles use faith in the book of Acts and epistles, they use it in connection with our coming to know God. So anytime you come across the word faith, Anywhere in the epistles, it points at the cross and it points at our connection to the cross, our believing that which Christ has done for us by his sufferings and glories. Now, but when you come to the Gospels, never you forget that in Galatians, Apostle Paul made us understand that Jesus Christ was born under the law, that he would deliver those who are under the law. In other words, what the synoptic writer captures is a part of the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, you know, before Jesus Christ came on scene, there had been uh, more practice of call, of, 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 of cults. There have been people practicing satanic sin. And you know, specifically, Israel was no longer an independent state. It was a colony. And regions all around would rather consult gods and deities to have their problems rather than praying. So anybody that is taking a person to a shrine or to for any consultations in the house of the deities will demand that that person have a persuasion that that deity is able to do that which can do. And you will now see that for anything to be received based on the um, dispensation they lived on, they need faith. And what is faith? Now, the Greek word for faith is pistos. And the word pistos means persuasion, a deep conviction 
that something will happen. And you know, I've I've I've, I've heard people say, and maybe preacher say something like, um, when you don't have, when you don't receive healings, it's because your faith is small, or the reason why you don't receive certain things from God because your faith is not big. That is not true. Now, okay, let's take for instance. In John chapter, John chapter seventeen. We had an account of Jesus Christ on Mount of Configuration. Now, while Jesus was on his way back from the Mount of Configuration, his disciples were already battling with the devil. And unfortunately for them, they could not cast out that demon. And I think it was in John chapter 10, the Bible said that Jesus Christ gave those guys power over demons. But here is it now. They cannot even cast out a demon. Okay. How was the problem solved? Jesus cast out the demon. But interestingly, Jesus did not cast out demons. Jesus' attitude and the way he cast out that demons, and even the curiosity of the disciples made us realize why they could not cast out the demons. So how did it happen? When that man reported the disciples to Jesus, why Jesus was disappointed, his reaction was, hey, have I been with you so long? And you cannot do this now what does that tell us that faith is the presence of god with us that instill with such audacity that whatever you ask oh glory be to god that reminds me of scripture apostle john in first john chapter 5 said this is the confidence that we have that whatever we ask he heareth us because we do that which is pleasing not because you have faith i am asking because of my connection in Christ Jesus, not because of my faith. I don't need a faith to ask. Jesus Christ said in John chapter 15, that in that day you shall ask me anything, but whatever you ask of Father in my name. In that same John chapter 15, he said, I've chosen you, that you may bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask in my name, not because you have faith. And maybe we need to expose what Jesus Christ meant whenever he tells people to have faith. But before we get there, Jesus Christ told them, Oh, you of little faith, have I been so much with you? I like that lexing. So much with you. So Jesus expects that as a result of the disciples being with him, they should have learned. In other words, there is a presence that comes upon us as a result of our long sin that makes problem not to be something to tackle with. That is not only that. Then he now scold them. Oh, faithless generation. What does that mean? It means that the disciples were not actually chanting was they prayed for that guy. But as they were praying, they have a doubt for me. You know, I've been there before. You know, sometimes ago in my former place of work, they were praying for a girl that was convulsing and it seems the girl was passing out and everybody was crying, weeping. As they were praying, they are still screaming in, in, in fear. And, you know, I, I got it. It was the noise that took me there and I saw them and I said, look, in this case, meanwhile, what I had them praying was they are pleading with God that God should come and heal. Then I told them, in this case, we don't talk to God. When the devil is manipulating a situation, you don't ask God to do it. You as a believer, you have the power of an attorney. In fact, in the New Testament, we no longer have the power of an attorney. We are not speaking on the charge of Jesus Christ because he has actually given the power. Okay, let's even say the power of attorney, like E.W. Kenyon will always put it in the word of name of his in the word of name of Jesus as he wrote. Now he has given us the power of attorney. So I can say in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you, convulsing spirit, go out. And a twinkle of an eye, I saw the child revive. 
was that one who brought her back you know if she had died would i take any glory no if she had died does that mean god is not faithful no but what i'm saying is that in any situation you don't need faith you speak with confidence i like how Graham Lakes and Etta Woodward expressed it. They said that when we pray for people, we pray with the voice of Jesus. Not because of my faith. Now back to the story I was coming. I, I was I was I was narrating. Jesus Christ told them what they could not. He said, because of your unbelief. He said, because there are some things, and again, there are some things that will not go, go out except by prayer and fasting. But what actually cracked the eyes? is the fact that Jesus Christ told them that if they have faith like the grain of the mustard seed, then I begin to ask myself, what does the grain of the mustard seed look, look like? It was Jesus Christ that even taught, giving us another seed, mentioned the fig tree. He said that there is a fig tree. He said that seed is the smallest of, this, of, of all seed. And when it is thrown into the earth, he said that when that seed is thrown into the earth, it brought forth fruit. Now let's pick the main point the Lord wants us to see. The fact that even I don't need the big faith to accomplish anything, all I've just got to have is a faith as tiny as the seed. So it's no faith. So if a faith as tiny as a seed could cast out the mountain, you know it cannot be that faith. It must be God. Hallelujah. It must be God. And that is why Apostle Paul will write in Romans chapter 8. He says, says, if God be for us, what can be against us? So faith is actually God God being with us. God presence with us that gives us the effrontery, that gives us that gives us the audacity, that gives us the boldness that whatever we ask according to his will, we hear. He says, if God be with us, what can be against us? The next verse is told us clearly how faith works. He said, if God does not spare somebody, deliver him for us all. How shall he know with him? With him, because of him. Hallelujah. Not because of my faith. Because of him. Freely give you all things. Now mark that. Not because of our faith. So we receive things on the... And I don't know why people just get that, that stupid teaching from. That you need faith to receive. But say, hey, I know somebody who has been so sick. The pastor prayed for her. And just know... You know, I was reading Charles Price a few days ago. In the chapter one of that book, I forgot the title of the book. Um, Charles Price addresses the fact that he has seen terrific miracles but what wonders him is the fact that over time we have seen believers not getting healed and somebody on the street who had not know anything about jesus christ we get it in instantaneously what is responsible for that okay how do you explain that faithlessness there is no faith so we don't need to have faith to receive now let me quickly now say this then i i would mention some few things then i round off this um discussion you know there was a particular time jesus christ was traveling um and he was heading to jerusalem i don't know where he was coming from but i know he was going to jerusalem and the bible said that when they left they met a tree and the tree um boarded and jesus christ went to the tree to have some fruits and it was unfortunate that there was no fruits and then jesus christ caused that tree and they went their ways then a few days they were coming back in fact, Jesus Christ did not mention it. It was one of the disciples who mentioned that, look at the tree you caused some days ago. It is now dry. Then Jesus Christ said, most assuredly I say to you, if thou have faith, you will not just do what is done 
in this to this seed. He said, You will say to this mountain, Be thou removed. Now, what is the faith Jesus Christ is talking about? The gospel of Mark helps us to understand. In the gospel of Mark, that account reads, He says, Have faith in God. Hallelujah. So faith is rooted in God. And that reminds me of another epistle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Apostle Paul said, look, I've written to you so that your faith may not be built in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So faith is rooted in something. The basis is God. Paul said, we are persuaded. We are persuaded. If God be for us, what can be against us? So faith is God. Oh, you say, well, I need more faith. I don't think you need more faith. You need more word. Because the Bible says faith comes by the word and by the word of God. You know, people think that that, that is talking about how you increase your faith basically. You know when apostle, oh glory be to God. You know, we have people who are dummies in the body of Christ. Believers, they, are, they don't understand simple concepts. When apostle Paul says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, you will not understand that scripture until you read verse 1 of that chapter 10. He was actually expressing his concern for the for for the Jews who have not come to the knowledge of Christ. Verse one says that says he said my heart grieve with them that the Jew will come to understand this faith. He said these Jews have zeal, but they have it wrongfully. So what Apostle Paul was addressing was addressing our access into God. How do we come into God? And he made them understand the fact that the law can no longer save them. Never forget that in chapter nine that was what he started with too. Chapter nine to address the same thing. I want the Jews to be saved. Now in chapter ten it begins to unfold to us how we can coming to go then he begins to, to tell the people that they wouldn't need to go to the 80s to go and bring jesus christ back from the 80s they wouldn't need to go to the heaven that god is round is, is near to them is close to them and say that it is even on their lips if they will believe and he told us how that is possible he said the faith comes by hearing not just by listening people think that when you listen to messages that's how that's what paul is saying that when you listen to a lot of teachings your faith will grow <laughs> maybe he meant that but that if if there is a scripture that talks about somebody listening to the word of God to grow, there is another one, not that one we used to quote, that faith comes by hearing. What Paul is saying is that, you know, I like it, the way he expressed it in Galatians chapter 2. He said that I have believed in Jesus Christ. I mean, justified by the faith of Jesus Christ, for by the work of the Lord, no flesh shall be justified. Uh, he said I have been crucified with him, nevertheless I live, not I, but Christ live with me, within me, and the life that I now live. Now, this is where I'm taking your attention to say i live by faith of the son of god mark the word of which means possession that word in greek means ek x ek x that's what it means in greek and the word ek x means belonging it talks of origin the faith of the son of god means the faith that is pistol x x tos and pistol ek x tos means faith that belongs to the son of god hallelujah so faith springs, oh glory be to God in the highest. So we don't receive anything on the basis of faith. Now we receive something on the basis of faith. The faith we receive, uh, the, the, the thing we receive on the basis of faith is salvation. Romans chapter 5, verse 3. The Bible, okay, let me read from verse 1. Having been justified by faith, mark the word having, which means after you have been justified by faith, which means after you become born again, you have peace with God. One of the fruits of salvation is peace with God uh, through our Lord Jesus Christ. That peace came through the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, through whom also, that is through Jesus also, we have access by faith. So what does the faith give us? It gives us access to God. First, we touch. 
chapter 1 verse 8 apostle paul say you having not seen him yet you love him and you receive the end of the faith the salvation of your soul in other words faith is seeing the invincible jesus and believing in his atonement who tells you faith is a substance of things over for that is you want to receive anything from god that is the faith is by faith to receive it because things you know you guys just just to just i've just listened to some people they've seen dummies dummies bless god for inspiration now let me round off with two scriptures let me round off with the scriptures the first one i will read from hebrews chapter one i will quote from verse one to three it reads god without what various times now by, by this scripture i want to see the essence of it and the business of it and that is christ everything centers on christ there is no faith without christ and you see faith brings about salvation before it brings about your healing hallelujah never forget that scripture we quoted in romans chapter 8 it said how shall you not give you all things with him with him how shall you know with him with him staying with him glory be to god Acts chapter 17, Apostle Paul told the attendants, he said, look to the God you did not know, him I have come to declare with you, declare to you rather, say he does not live in, in, in temple that is built with hand. Then he went on to tell them that this God I declared unto you, because in him, in him, in him, mark the words, in him you live and have your being, in him you live, in him. Oh, glory be to God. So if in him I live, that is anything I need, anything I ought to have, is contained in him. So have all I've just got to do is to get into him. Now back to Hebrews chapter 1, um, verse 1 of 3. Faith, uh, sorry, God was hundred times in various manners, spoke to the Father, through the prophet. Now mark this, as in this last days, mark that, in this last days, now, 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 he's speaking, now he's speaking to us, not through the prophets, not through your own faith, say through the man Jesus Christ. Now with this Jesus Christ, uh, we cannot just trust this Jesus Christ. How can we be so sure that this Jesus Christ have the credibility that will make us to listen to him? The Bible said this Jesus Christ, through whom he had made the world, so this Jesus Christ is the creator. And it's not just the creator, it's true. He said he had made him the heir of all things, and he had given him a name, and as by inheritance obtained a name that is more superior than that of the angels. So that is Jesus Christ. That is Jesus Christ. That is Jesus Christ. So he becomes the, the essence and the basis by which we receive all things. For well, the Bible says that he is the heir of all things. He owes all things. And Colossians chapter 1 says that he is before all things. And in him all things consist. Whether they be thrown, principalities and powers, visitors, visible and invisible. He says in him all things consist. All things. All things. Oh, glory be to God. Glory be to God in the highest. Colossians chapter 2 tells us that it places the Father that in him should dwell all the fullness of God bodily in all forms. Mark the word bodily. Now look at that Hebrews. That Hebrews have featured all focus, all strives to one person, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Now he's speaking through Jesus Christ. With that Jesus Christ is the help of all things. With that Jesus Christ, through whom also he made the world, and he has by inheritance obtained a name. Oh, glory be to God. He has not, he's not just the heir of all things. He's not just the creator of the world. He has gotten a name that whenever we present that name as a check before the Father, the Father releases to us. Glory to God forever, man. Now let me show you a scripture, man. Oh, I don't want to go there. I want to show you the fact that Jesus Christ have an identity in heaven that heaven cannot turn down. So I don't go there 
because I have a big faith. I go there because of Jesus. Who tells you don't need you? You must have a faith. The only faith by which you receive. And you know what? You know those who receive the gospel from the fathers, they are just they are. I don't know how to describe them. They didn't understand it. Because when those people came to preach to them, they were mentioning that they need faith. They think that that faith means everything you need. The, faith, the, the only person I would tell that needs faith to receive anything is an unbeliever. And that's the last thing I will ever mention to him that he needs faith to collect things. Have you forget Ephesians chapter 1 verse 12? It says that to the praise of his glory, wherein he has made you accepted, uh, sorry, accepted in the beloved. Now, the Holy Ghost told me that that word accepted is not talking to unbeliever. I am accepted because I have received faith in the Son. But the people who have not come to know that faith, they are acceptable. Until they receive that faith, they are just still accepted. They have not been accepted. But I have been accepted. You know, two things basically fascinate me about the gospel of jesus christ number one is our acceptance that is predicated on the fact that we do not merit for it so if i do not merit for faith and i receive it who tells you that you have to merit it before you receive your healings when that pastor tells you that the reason why the breakthrough has not come is because you don't have enough faith tell him he's a liar the bible does not tell us that when Apostle Paul said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, he was talking to the unbelievers. That is clear. Hebrews chapter 10, he said, my heart felt, I, I felt caused. I feel that my name should be blotted out because of the Jews who are yet to know Christ. Although they have it, but they channel it wrongfully. These are to the unbelievers. And in fact, if you read that scripture, he went on to even address the matter of preaching. He said, who can preach? He said, who, 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 how can these people here without a preacher? And how can the preacher go without somebody sending them? So he's talking about the way by which we bring people under divine influence, which we call grace. Okay, let me round up that scripture. Now, you know, Hebrews chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 2, Hebrews chapter 3, Hebrews chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 5, Hebrews chapter 6, talks about the supremacy of Jesus. I superior over Moses, superior over uh, Aaron, superior over the Levitical uh, priesthood, superior over Melchizedek. All right. Then when we come to uh, Romans chapter eight, he compared Jesus Christ to the to the order of divine service um, in, in the in the in the old dispensation, the old covenant in in chapter nine. It tells us how Jesus Christ entered into the holiest of holy in chapter 10 he told us uh that the new testament has been written on our hearts and then now we can assess god now in sharp towards chapter 10 chapter 10 verse 32 uh, the writer i don't want to say possible whoever writes it tells us what faith is it says faith is a divine illumination that we receive that brings certain reaction. You know, some people uh, they do not understand why Hebrews chapter eleven was written. They are just quoting, and you see people because of this one. Uh, and you know, you know the the, the focus had been that uh, those guys in the book of Hebrews, as the account was presented, that people exercise faith upon one day or at a particular period in their life, and that faith was so powerful that then. They receive something from God. And when the preacher comes, he begins to mention that, look at Enoch now. Because of his faith, he did not die. He received something. You are mistaken. That's not what that scripture is talking about. That's, you have misquoted faith. You don't understand faith. Faith is belief in the Lord Jesus. Believing in him you have not seen and loving him. That is faith. 
A scripture divine. You know, sometimes I like Greek meanings, but sometimes I've even found out in my study of Greeks that Greeks cannot even portray what God has in mind when those guys were writing. Okay, but let's pick the Greek word, like I said, pistos, persuasion, conviction. So faith is your conviction in what Christ has done, not conviction in what you want to receive, or in what you hope for, or in what you desire. Though, oh, glory be to God. The Bible says that um, we are persuaded of better things to come, things that should accomplish your salvation, though thus we now speak. Hebrews chapter 6. Things will accomplish our salvation. But we come to those things by persuasion. Okay, now let me quickly, let me quickly run down. Now, Hebrews chapter 11, verse, okay, let me, chapter 32 talks about the fact that faith is a divine elimination, and that faith brings about persecution, that people who have been getting along with us before no longer want to get along with us. First Peter chapter 3, Peter raised that issue too. That your life has been so, 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 so transformed that people you have been drinking will begin to wonder what happens to you. That is written First Peter. Chapter 3, Peter examined faith. Faith positions us where we have never been before, such that our life becomes so completely different from what it used to be that people begin to be confused. So Apostle Paul, whoever writes the book of Hebrews, begins to tell people that, look, you don't need to lose that. Look at the reality Christ had done for you. He had entered the holiest of holies. He has, he has taken you there. You now have access to the Father. But on the outside, there could be a problem for you. And you think that those things that Paul, that Jesus Christ had purchased for you is not the, He said, the just shall live by faith. Say, if your soul draws back, say, my heart will not have pleasure in it. Then he now moves to Hebrews chapter 1, chapter 11, verse 1. Now, now that faith you receive becomes a substance. Do you know what, in, what is interesting? Faith is not what you offer. Mm-mm. That that is why you is the Bible doesn't say faith is hope. It's what you offer by the grace of God. Mm. It's, a, it's a substance. What is a substance? What you touch. So if you can touch it, why 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 are you still expecting that it will be the basis by which things is delivered to you? You see, this faith is tangible. Like Apostle Paul, uh, Peter put it, say we have not followed a cunningly devised fable. So faith is not a cunningly devised fable. It's not story, 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 once upon a time. Okay? He said, faith is a substance. It's the substantia. It's something we can touch. Now, it's a substance of things hoped for. Oh, glory to God in the highest. Now, what is that thing you hope for? Your Ferrari. Your new job. Your spouse. Your dream house. What is it? Your aspiration, your ambition. You have missed it all. You don't know scriptures. So. Glory be to God. Let me remind you of scripture. Romans chapter 5, verse 3. Through faith we have access into this grace, wherein we rejoice in the hope. Glory to God. We rejoice in hope. There is a hope. Romans chapter 8, Apostle Paul said that we are saved in this hope, hope that the sin is not temporary, it is eternal. So when we talk about hope, we're talking about the resurrection of Christ. Oh, glory to God. Romans chapter 6, Apostle Paul wrote in verse 5, that as God raised Jesus Christ from the grave by the glory of the Father, so you we reign with him at the resurrection of his son. So that is the hope. 
Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Eyes have no sin, ears have no hair, it has not entered the heart of man. Things God has in store for them that, that, that love Him. God has revealed them to us by the Spirit, the uh, for the spirit searches all things, the deep things of God. What is that in eyes I have not seen? Hope. Glory be to God. In fact, verse 8 says that if the king of the earth had known, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. What is that talking about? If they had known that just because of the power of exaltation, they wouldn't have crucified him. So there is something greater about the Christian faith. It's not that we receive the Holy Ghost, not that we blast in tongues. It's not that we gathered and there is demonstration of power. It's that there is something far in front. Oh, glory be to God. First John chapter 3, Apostle Paul John says, Now, now, not tomorrow. Now, now are we the sons of God and does not yet appear what we shall be like but we know that when we shall appear we shall see him for it shall be like him and the next verse i think verse 4 says that whoever has this hope this hope purifies himself just as his boy is pure so back to hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 faith now is the hope of exaltation colossians chapter 2 Apostle Paul wrote, he said that, uh, uh, the, uh, in which he said to me, the, the minister of the Gentile was committed. I'm giving a paraphrase of scripture. I can't read that scripture clearly. He said that, that the mystery may be made known unto, unto the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope. The hope. The hope. What hope? Hope of glory. What is the glory? Hebrews chapter, sorry, Hebrews, uh, um, Romans chapter 5, verse 4, our God raised Jesus Christ by the glory of the Father. So hope of glory talks about the power of exaltation. So can you see your life? You'll be quoting that scripture. Eh, eh. Now, now you don't talk about verse 2. Because some people say, okay, we understand that. What is verse 2? But it says that by faith, the word of God was framed by the word of God. Yes. Check that. That tells us what faith is. How did was the word made by faith? How? What is that faith? By the word of God. So the faith is the word of God. And Romans chapter 10 tells us that faith comes by hearing by the word of God. So the word of God is the faith. So that scripture can read, by faith the word was created by Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is the faith. Glory to God forever. Okay, let me remind you of scripture. Okay, I don't want to bamboozle you. Um, John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the world. There were words with God. There was, the word was God. It was in the beginning with God. All this were made to dream. And without him, nothing was made. I was made. And it was life. In life was light of man. Now, check the word. The word was the word. In the beginning was the word. Now, verse 12 now says, the word became flesh. The word, the word. So the word had the capability to change forms. It has a capability. So one of the expressions of the world is that he created the world. Glory be to God. Now let me quickly prove to you as a Randolph that faith is not what gives you anything. What faith brings you into is that it brings you into God. Tell me not permit I would have read First Peter chapter 1. And we'll go through that scriptures to prove to you that faith does not give you anything. It brings you into God. If it has not brought, in fact, oh, that will not permit me. I would have liked to explain that scripture in First Peter chapter 1, verse 9. It says that receiving the end of your faith, this is the end result of it, not Ferrari. You. Not your spouse. Hmm? Hmm? No. And let me tell you this. Those of you who think that you are going to pray and your battle are going to be solved, you won't have won the game. You are dreaming. You are daydreaming. Even if your battle stops today, you will not stop praying. You will pray till you die. We are sentenced to the life of prayer. If today you have done good thing, you will, you will pray till you die. 
That's our life. It's one of the ways we work with God. Now, let me mention this. There are four things very vital in our work with God. Number one is worship. Number two is prayer. Number three is the sort of the word of God. Number four is meditation. Those four things, you will do them till you die. Finally, you can't do them effectively without the Holy Ghost. Okay, let me quickly boss the whole thing. Then we'll pray. You know, I don't pray that God should increase my faith. Some people used to pray. Me, I don't pray. It's not a prayer to pray. Was there, that woman said, uh, uh, when Jesus Christ asked, uh, do you have faith that I can? He said, yes. Say, but that my own beliefs that God increases our faith. God does not need to increase my faith because he told me how faith used to come. He said, to come by hearing the word of God. So I've heard the word of God. I've come into the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Hebrews chapter, sorry, I said Hebrew, Ephesians chapter 4 told me how I can grow. He said, I have to supply my own role in the body. He said, by that I grow. That's what the Bible told me. He said, I have joint supply at its own part, from whom supply its, uh, its own part, to, from whom the nourishment comes, which is Christ. And everybody grows together. He gave some pastors, he gave some teachers, he gave some evangelists for the work of the ministry. Till we all come. So, why he gave us that for the work of ministry? As we begin to do the work of ministry, we are growing. So, service is one of the pathways to growth. It's not prayers. You want to grow your faith. Eh? I'd rather tell you, don't say, God, increase my faith. Say, God, bring me to experiences in your world that would grow my faith. Now, let me tell you this. Now, when you now read the whole Chronicles, the whole Chronicle, rather, in the book of Hebrews, one thing I want to impress on you is that do not see the event that happened. See the lifestyle, the lifespan. So what we are looking at is the lifespan. I mean, the life of the people, not what happened. So, no, what preachers and what you have been seeing from scriptures all the way is that you are seeing an event that happened, that by faith, Moses saw the invincible. And, and that's why you would even know that the faith he's talking about is not the faith that receives something. Because Moses was not born again. In fact, he was a murderer. And the Bible said that by in fact, it was his running away after murdering the Bible coffee. So you know that faith can never be that he was trying to receive something because his own faith went to kill somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, you know, maybe at other time we explain to you what the faith of Abraham is. But when we call Abraham the father of faith, you have to understand that. That we are not calling Abraham the father of faith because he received Isaac. Alright. Now let me let, 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 let me boss your ego. The last scriptures. After reading the whole account of the book of Hebrew, we are amazed that the writer told us distinctively that all this he mentioned died in faith, but they never received anything. Ah? Huh? Does that not make you say all this? They died in faith. Abraham, the Bible says that Abraham knew that he was a pilgrimage on earth. And he would he say he looked for a city whose be that is God. So Abraham was never settled. So if he had to be Isaac, he would have got immediately got Isaac, he would have settled down and built. He was a rich man. Maybe in the other episode, I will tell, I will tell you about what the faith of Abraham is all about. So you can know what we are talking about here. He said, all these died in faith. So you are you, you said you have faith because you want to receive. You don't know what you have. All this, 
all this all this died in faith they never received now if you see some of them they were son they were son say son no yeah. son that's the past people of saw to cut into pieces their faith did not deliver them from from our roots in fact the bible says by faith some of them were destitute in the desert if i don't know anyone that was destitute i know of david that man had faith. In fact, it was in the desert. It was, it was, it was, it was consulting God to the the minister of Urim and Turim that that guy went to get from him from the priest's house. He was in the wilderness, and in the wilderness there, God will speak to him. And somebody is there in the palace, so seeking God's attention. God will not talk to him. He would have to seek a sorcerer. So faith is a life in God. It's not receiving things. Now. We can't just mention faith and we just quote Hebrews chapter chapter eleven without mentioning chapter twelve. We will not complete it. Now when we now get to chapter twelve to understand that it is not receiving something is a lifestyle. Look at what the writer now says in Hebrews chapter twelve, verse one. See now then that you are now compassed with so great cloud of witness. What does that mean? That you have elder brothers. So all the account we saw in Hebrews chapter eleven, they were showing us the life of our elder brothers, how they had tough time. So the the, 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 the the sole reason of Hebrews chapter 11 is to make us know that tribulation is part of our work with God. You know, in one of the episodes I was doing, I, I made mention that you can escape temptation because you are the source of temptation. But you cannot escape persecution. It's our identity. Uh, look at what Jesus Christ did there. You know, it took me a while. I read, I can't say how many versions I read to understand that scripture. I was thinking maybe I was not reading wrongly. What is it? Jesus Christ, Peter asked that what will be our again? We left everything to follow. Jesus said, There's nobody that left brother, that left sister, that left uncle, that left everything, that will not have it hundredfold in this world. Now, what 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 broke my heart? Say that with persecution. Hey, Jesus, you receive it. Hundredfold reward. He was giving you reward. That's on top of the reward you will have persecution. This is our identity. Apostle Paul told the is the efficiency of the Athenian Christians said through tribulation we, we enter the kingdom. So tribulation's part is is, is our identity, is our phenomenon. But temptation is not. Trial is what God determines. It's not me that determines it. Maybe I saw that time I will teach you four seasons of life. So now Hebrews chapter 12 now tells us that look, this is not faith, is not a gimmick, it's not a means to receiving from God, it's not using God to get your hand. He says, Now you are compassed. You are not the first person that will do this deed. People have done it. So if you say God is not faithful, you are the one saying it's not faithful. Like one preacher said, there are millions of angels, billions, if not if, if, if not billions, anyway. Crying, holy, holy, you are faithful. In fact, in Revelation, I think chapter 15, we saw the judgment of the nation, precisely the judgment of Babylon. When that nation was on fire, the angels were not saying that, God, why did you do this? The Bible said they were shouting, holy, just are you, O Lord. God was judging. They did not say, God, why did you do this? You thought the judgment is too severe. They just are you. So you are too tiny to say God is not faithful. So that writer says, now, now you are now compact with a crowd of witness. Now, this faith life is so important that nothing should stand in between you and your Lord. So the writer says, now lay aside every wave, everything that will not make you to run the race, that makes it to be very heavy, to make it very severe, namely Jesus Christ mentioned the chaos of, world, of the world deceitfulness of riches carousing and uh, in, in, in the book of mark chapter 4 Mark says that and the lust of other things mark those words care of this word deceitfulness of riches 
carousing. Matthew added carousing, that is drinking and wine partying. You like partying. You're always going to party. I pity your destiny as a Christian. These things are not sinful. But they can kill your spirit. They can crowd God out of your being. Now, leaving that aside, he now said that now, he said, and the lost of other things. Now, what is that? The word lost, I've forgotten the word, what it means in Hebrew. But I know that that word means that it means inordinate affection for things. Now, let's leave that. Lay aside every wave and sins that easily be said. Now, mark it. That writer is very careful. Like I've been seeing some of the teachings I've been doing, that it's not only sin that hinders a Christian from working with God. One of them is carnality. Now, and when I mention carnality, what I've studied from scripture, a Christian can be carnal, an unbeliever can be carnal. You know, I was discussing scripture with somebody, and I mentioned carnality. I said, hey, what does it mean of carnality? Is carnality not talking to an unbeliever? You know, some people just be talking things. They can quote their pastors, but they do not understand scriptures. No, Paul to make some brags too. I'm starting with the world. I don't know everything. But we'll talk about this here for 20 years. Or more than 25 years. But a year ago, you all better off. I've been a studious student of God's Lord. I don't know everything. But I know you need to. So lay aside every weight. So weight that things that are weight on our spirits. They are good things, care of the world, family life. Now, and seeing that easily besets you, that, that ensnares you, I said, now run with patience. The race, what is that race? Faith is a race. Can you see that now? Can you see that now? Can you see that now? Race, place before you. Now, the next best answer is that looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Now, what's that faith? That faith is called race. So faith is a race. So we are going to pray and say, Father, help me. You know, you've just got to 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 give me experiences. You have got to beat me. You know, I know there are different. You know, in one of my teachings, I thought that there are, I think I said there are three kinds of faith. If I don't, yes, I think I said there are three or two kinds. Okay, I said there are three kinds. I said faith as our entrance into God. That is, Apostle Paul called it in Galatians chapter to the faith of the Son of God, believing in what Christ has done. Then, but we have faith as a gift of the Holy Ghost, impacted to our spirit, and we have faith as the fruit of the Spirit. And there in First Corinthians chapter 13, the Bible says that Lord believes all things, that is faith. It's persuaded about all things. But then if you look at these three things, now, now you've got to know that faith is a gift. And everybody has it in measure. But let me tell you this: nobody who is an unbeliever have access to the gift of faith. So if your preacher is telling that he's teaching what he teach, no, really, the gift of faith is the faith we use in getting things done. Maybe that's what the preacher have been telling us, but they didn't call it gift. They've been saying the faith, 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 that they read Hebrews. So if they say that the gift of faith is what they are talking about, it's not the Hebrews chapter 11 for us. Because Hebrews chapter 11 is not talking about the gift of faith. Don't miss things for us. We are students of the Bible. So we are talking about the gift of faith. You've got to talk about the Holy Ghost. When I want to teach you about the gift of faith, I will teach you about the Holy Ghost. And talk about what the Holy Ghost wants to do for us. How he helps us to see what's on God's mind and empowers us to get it and impart faith in us to receive it. And that faith is not for an unbeliever. 
No, the faith I have explained and I've been explained so far is a faith that is a stay into God. Is the gift of God. Okay? But the other faith is the faith that comes as a result of the indwelling presence of the Holy Ghost. It's where when God has a task for you to perform, maybe he wants to start a ministry, the faith to start out. That's the faith. It's a gift. It does not come to abide with you forever. And you can covet for it. You can pray for it. When the Bible says that covet is the best gift. Now, there's another faith. Although the Bible translators made us understand that that faith mentioned in Galatians chapter 5, when Apostle Paul alighted the fruit of the Spirit, and one of the fruits is mentioned faith. Some translators say that it means faithfulness. That is, uh, if, if, if you're walking the Holy Ghost, you're going to be faithful. That is, you're going to be a person of integrity. But even let's take it as faith. So even if you take it as faith, it is a function of the Spirit. Never mind what you said, the fruit of the Spirit. Another word fruit means the evidence of the Spirit. So it's not for an unbeliever. The evidence that the Holy Ghost is working in my life is faith. So you don't just open that to an unbeliever and say, yeah, you have to have the spirit of faith. But where? How do you tell a goat to start bleeding? How do you tell the bird to start swimming? How do you tell the fish to start flying? You don't miss things of us. So you're going to say, Father, give me exposures. Give me exposure. Open my heart. Give me experiences that will grow my faith. Cause me to see. Cause me to see. Bring me to spiritual reality. Far beyond what pulpit men are chanting. Make me a, a kind of the Berean Christian. Acts chapter 17. The Bible says the Berean Christians. After Paul had taught them, they will go home and check the Bible. And the next day they will start arguing with Paul. And the Bible told us that Paul is there with them in their synagogue for three weeks. We need, you know, and these days, oh, glory to God. When, 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 when preachers come to start pinpointing what preachers are saying and they are not right, you see them as uh, rebels. We are attacking, we are attacking fathers. Even Apostle Paul, the Corinthian Christian, called him a robber. And Paul said, look, Paul said, I'm so embarrassed in you. Why don't you appoint somebody to carry your load with me as I'm going to Jerusalem so I can deliver it appropriately? Paul said, if anyone, Galatians chapter 1, if anyone preach another gospel, well, another gospel there means Judaism, okay, than the one I preached, which is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, let him be accursed. So if anybody is teaching anything that does not accord, now, why do you think 1 Peter chapter 3 was written, uh, 2 Peter chapter 3 was written, um, chapter 2 and chapter 3 was written, why do you think Jude was written? To Taquerasis. And in those books, you see them mentioning names. But if you dare do that, you are you are a rebel. Hmm. There's no time. I want to show you a scripture in Jude. That if anything spoils your faith, you are going to struggle to access God. And that's why we have a lot of dwarf Christians who are struggling to lay hold on God. Because the fathers, like the Pharisees, they have stood on the entrance, they are never going in and they are not coming out. Jude chapter 1. You said, when I contemplated, <laughs> when I contemplated, we are running off in two minutes. When I've contemplated, when I've contemplated, 
to write to you about your common faith. Uh, but, but I said I should write on something else because there are some people who have made the grace something of lightness. So I'm going to say, Father, open my eyes to understand faith. You told us you have to understand faith because that's the basis on which we can connect to God. And the devil spoils this basis by which we can connect to God. We will find it very difficult to live with it. Father will help us. That there will be clarity, 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 oh, clarity. We will see you as the basis of faith and not that the faith is in me. Like Jesus Christ said, have faith in God and I will have faith in you. That my concentration, my consecration, my devotion will be unto you. Thank you, Son of the living God. Hallelujah forevermore. Bless you, Father. Thank you for the gifts of faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God forevermore. Bless God forevermore. Bless God forevermore. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus.